Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. to Poke the Bear episode 110. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. Connor, how you doing? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, I've moved. As you can see, the backdrop behind me is different. Uh, I have not moved into Warrior Ice Arena, although some could say maybe, but I have not moved into Warrior Ice Arena. So uh, unlike the people on Twitter who are like, Evan's living Warrior this summer, which cold place in a hot and hot weather. You can't you can't hate that. So nobody beats that. Nobody beats that. Nobody does beat that. But it's funny, Connor, because even though it's the end of August and you wouldn't think there's a lot of brewing stuff to talk about. Right. And we said this on Monday. Right. There wasn't a ton. Well, there's been a lot in the past two or three days uh, for any time of year, but also for August. Um, uh, so it's interesting. Get this David Pasternak news uh, and I will read the tweet because I have it up. Uh, on my phone now from a Twitter account called Andy and Rono. They're a hockey stats uh, Twitter tweeted uh, on the 23rd, which was on uh, Tuesday. The Boston Bruins would like to re-sign David Pasternak this off season already. But according to our source, Pasternak is in no rush to sign an extension. Not so good news for Boston. It looks like he wants to know if the Bruins still will have a chance to win the Stanley cup in those next years when Bergeron and Krejci retire. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, he wants a Stanley Cup so bad. It's his goal. Don't get us wrong. He still prefers to stay in Boston. He loves the city, but nothing is sure right now. Maybe we'll see Stamkos slash Goudreau situation again or something like that next summer. So Stamkos was, he re-signed, right? It was like contentious. Day of free agency. Everyone was like, oh my God, he's going to hit the market. And then like, I think 30 minutes into free agency, he ended up signing a long term. But if you're a Lightning fan at that time, I'm sure it did not feel very, very fun thinking that he's going to go to market and sign somewhere else. So not great. So not this, great. this news with Pasternak is interesting because uh, he's in no rush to sign. I still think he signs. I do. But what's your reaction to this? Yeah, it's uh, I think if you're a Bruins fan, it does not feel great because I, I think, when we, you know, we've had this discussion before in terms of Pasternak and what, the, the end game is going to be there. And I think I agree with you, Evan, that I think he eventually does sign. It's I think right now you're in this spot where the Bruins are having discussions with his representatives, but until Pasternak gets back over to the States uh, ahead of training camp, you really can't make some significant progress there. So I imagine once he gets back, they'll hash those things out. And I think even as was referenced in those tweets um, from Andy and Rono, like, I think there's a lot working in the Bruins' favor here in terms of getting Pasternak to 
to buy in in terms of I don't think money is necessarily going to be the biggest impediment. He's going to get paid. I think we all agree that. But I would not surprise him if he signs below maybe what the market value is in terms of, I don't know, nine, nine and a half. So, But I also think the Bruins are willing to pay whatever it is to keep him. He's a guy that loves playing in Boston. I think he's comfortable in this market. Um, he's a guy that even though he's getting a little bit older, I think he's embraced the fact that he's part of that kind of new leadership group. He's a guy that takes a lot of pride in having the A on his sweater uh, at times last season, and he wants to build that part of his game up. I think the only issue, and I think the thing that could really derail the whole thing, it's something that I think if you're a Bruins fan who's been just following the team, it's like, oh, does David Pasternak want to be here beyond the post-Bergeron and Krejci era, right? And that's a thing where I think it's in the back of your mind. You're like, I hope that's not the biggest hurdle they have to clear. And now you're kind of hearing it from other sources. You're like, all right, yeah, this is going to be, I think, the biggest concern for David Pasternak. He's accomplished quite a bit. Whoever he plays for uh, next season, he's going to get paid. Like, he doesn't have to worry about money. doesn't have to worry about any of those things. He's shared the Rocket Richard with Ovechkin that one year. He's going to hit 50 goals at some point. Star player in this league. One thing he doesn't have is Stanley Cup. And it's something that means a whole lot to him. If you're, you know, him and you have this leverage in terms of what you need to do uh, to get this new contract and where you want to go. If you're, if you want to stay in Boston, you better get some assurances that he's part of this next wave and they have a, you know, two, three, four, five year plan, right? Because we know what their plan is for this year. They're going to be trying to run back and, you know, have one last kick at the can. But what happens in 2024, 25, when Pasternak's 28, 29 in the prime of his career and you're scuffling in the standings, you have Detroit and Ottawa ahead of you in the Atlantic. You've got uh, a pipeline of prospects that aren't really hitting at the same level as other teams that are, you know, getting an influx of young talent. If you're David Pasternak, you don't want to waste away those years. So if, if I'm him and I'm his representatives, you have to hash that with the Bruins of right. I know, you can't really look into a crystal ball, but there better be at least some set plan for how they're going to, uh, you know, map this out in the years ahead. Cause I think well, that's this, the biggest hurdle for him. Well, this is the thing, right? Players have always taken less to play here. And the reason was because they felt they had a chance to win. They were in the playoffs every year, whether you thought they were going to the cup or getting out in the second round, they were always going to be in the mix. You don't know if they're going to be in the mix past after this season, given what Krejci does, given what Bergeron does, because as we've said so many times, who is going to be his center? Who? Like, and this is the thing where you get to, like, what can the Bruins promise Pasternak in the future? You can promise him, you know, we're going to have good goaltending, right? You probably have solid goaltending. Uh, you've got uh, top six support on the wings. You're not, you know, I guess relied upon to do all the scoring. Uh, you know, you've got a number one, legit number one defenseman in McAvoy. You've got a legit number two in Hampus Lindholm. But when it comes to a center to play with, who and that's and that's where I think again he will I, I think he does he would want to resign for less in a normal Bruins market, but this isn't because they don't have centers down the line for the future. Again, you can say, oh, we think you know Merkulov is going to potentially be a, a top six center, but you don't know that. You don't know that at all, and you can you can say, well, we're going to make a big splash in free agency. Well that isn't really something you want to rely upon. So again, I do think he resigns. I think he likes it too much here. I think he likes uh, the culture. I think they think too highly of him. I don't think this will be a Tory Krug situation because I think Krug was a very good offensive left shot defenseman who was what, like 30. 
It was yeah. a little, it was a very different situation. He wanted to be here, but the Bruins ultimately didn't want him. The Bruins want David Pasternak. That is not the issue here. So again, I mean, are they going to have to kind of go all out to say to Pasternak, hey, these are, you know, we're, we plan on these being your centers. Like, are they going to roll out, you know, five-year plans of like, hey, we're going to make the, you know, we're going to sign the biggest center next season. And like, what, what are they going to do? Yeah, it's it's tough because I think if you're Pasternak, no matter what the Bruins can pitch or whatever you know picture they want to paint in terms of what this team's going to look three, four years down the road, it's going to rely on Pasternak, who has the leverage here, to kind of more or less take a leap of faith. Because, again, it's not like they can just point and be like, we are going to sign such and such. Like, you, who knows what that's going to happen? Have you asked us last year if the Bruins are going to paint like a – uh, a picture in terms of what this team's going to look like in the future. I think we all would have said, well, they're going to get hurdle and like that, they'll be all set. Like, of course, you can lay out the best laid, you know, the most logical, the, the most favorable plan for how the Bruins can correct some of these flaws in their lineup. But then you get to real life and it never works out that way. If, if you <laughs> implied logic, then Thomas Hurdle wouldn't have signed a long term deal with a Sharks team that's going to be in no man's land for years. Yeah, and I don't years. think Thomas Hurdle right. cared much about winning a cup. Right, exactly. So again, but when you just look at, you know, it's you play a dangerous game in terms of, you know, doing sweeping declarations of who you're going to sign, but it's more or less what the Bruins have to do right now, right? Like they can talk about the fact that Pasternak, as you said, can be part of a core where they have pieces to build around. You still have McAvoy, Lindholm, uh, uh, Swayman. Uh, you can look at Lori and Lysel as guys that could be up by the NHL roster this year, could be impact guys in a year or two. Um, but again, what's going to be the talent down the middle, right? And if you're the Bruins, all you can really kind of offer is we still have a, a winning mindset. We're trying to retool on the fly. We're not going to tank or, or rebuild or anything like that and have those assurances. But that's kind of all you can really offer if you're the Bruins in terms of how to appease a guy like Pasternak. And I think they've done enough to make him happy this year, right? Like you have David Krejci back. You have another Czech player in Pavel Zaka. But if, if you're Pasternak, it's going to rely a lot on taking the Bruins for their, at their word uh, that they can rebuild around this team and re, kind of retool on the fly, which again, easier said than done. You can look at the fact they got a lot of contracts coming off the books, but uh, if let's say Pasternak signs, I think for nine and a half million, you add in the fact that the bonus overages for Bergeron and Krejci are going to carry over next year, I think you're looking at about $11 million in cap space, and that's before you have to re-sign Swayman. Uh, you have to deal with, you know, what could be two major vacancies down the middle. You have some money, yes, but is it enough that all of a sudden you can go and drop, you know, $10 million on one player, right? You could probably do that, but that's all you're doing, and you still have other holes to fill. Like they only have four forward sign through next year. So, Oh, good. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, you can look at what the talking points are in terms of how the Bruins can map out and paint a, a pretty picture in terms of what the future is, but it's going to require quite the undertaking for the Bruins just to retool and have a seamless kind of transition from the Bergeron era to the McAvoy, Pasternak, whatever, ever you want to paint, uh, whatever you want to call it. So if you're Pasternak, yeah, it's going to, I think, rely a lot on, taking the Bruins for the, at their word, which some risk involved there. When you look at maybe some other teams, if even a team like Florida, or someone's going to be calling to who has the better, like, you know, three, four or five year plan, right? Like I think the Bruins still should be the favorite just in terms of the familiarity and all those things. But if Pasenak's basing his decision primarily on the future, 
uh, the Bruins team has the most concrete set in stone plan for the years ahead? I don't think so. Safe bet that there's some uncertainty looming in the future. But when we're talking really safe bets, talking about our good friends over at Bet Online. Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Both basketball and hockey might be in the midst of their off seasons, but over at Bet Online, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, and with preseason action upon us, even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport your sport wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS50. Bet online where the game starts. That's where the game starts. Speaking of starting, uh, it's interesting you mentioned the Pasternak stuff. I think this is going to start. Uh, some really uncomfortable truths about the future of the Bruins, at least in the next five years, because, and we've talked about this for a long time. And I think a lot of, you know, other media and some fans on Twitter certainly have said, you know, what is the future down the middle? And that's kind of derailing their plans going forward. And I think now with Pasternak kind of openly questioning it, at least through a source and it being reported, you know, that it's a concern of the players too, of guys being like, wait a second, what is your plan down the middle? Because again, we said, you know, it's it's a good thing for them that Bergeron and Krejci return because you can kick that problem down the, down the road uh, one more year as like you're getting an extension on a deadline, so to speak. Um, but, but I just, I look at, 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 at this becoming a forefront issue. And I think even if, even if and when he does sign, I still think there's going to be questions on that team of, well, you know, who's the, who are the top two centers going to be? I think you're going to have, you know, potentially wingers, guys like, you know, Taylor Hall and, and, and Marshand and whomever, again, maybe they won't outwardly say it, but they're going to be thinking, who am I playing? You know, who's, who's playing in between me and, you know, the other winger. And I think that's, this is kind of getting the ball rolling on that, where it's now become a forefront issue. They've kind of pushed it off for all these years because, you know, they had Bergeron, but I mean, as we've said, if Bergeron was this close to retiring, this offseason, what's next offseason going to bring? So uh, I do think this is going to start a lot of uncomfortable stuff uh, with, the, with the Pasternak thing. And by the way, he might just be negotiating. He might just be trying to get the most money out of this thing. And, you know, maybe he doesn't even care. He's like, I love Boston. I love the people there. So who knows? Um, but uh, speaking of this upcoming season, which is a little more, uh, well, it's not more relevant, but it's, you know, going to happen quicker potentially. Uh, Jim Montgomery uh, offered up uh, what he thought the top six will most likely look like. He did it in an interview with uh, Steve Conroy, the Boston Herald, and then he also gave insight into it uh, on WEI. So uh, no surprise here, at least for what we kind of predicted. It's Zaka, uh, Bergeron, DeBrusque, and then uh, Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak. Um, Are you surprised by any of this? No, I don't think so. I think the one maybe question mark was going going to be if Zaka is going to be up on that top line and maybe could you have switched it around where maybe you put DeBrus back at left wing on the Bergeron line and maybe it's you slot up a guy like Craig Smith if Fabian Lysel makes a push maybe you do that but I think this is the safest option um I think when you look at the fact that this lineup how it's going to start on October whatever it is 11th 12th and what it's going to look like hopefully by the end of the year it's going to be very different in terms of guys moving all around the lineup with these injuries so 
I think if you're Jim Montgomery, if you can keep the Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak line together, might as well start it now and commit to it. And if it works out, uh, works right off the bat, that's great. Because as much as I think you still look at a, a top line of Bergeron, DeBrusque, Saka, probably going to be good. Like you still have Bergeron down the middle. It's probably going to be a, a very solid line. But let's say they you know start slow, they need some time to gel. At the very least, you have a, a line that should be able to take some of that scoring pressure off of them in Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak. Like I, I don't think that line necessarily needs a whole lot of time to adjust to one another. Uh, you got Pasternak, who has played with Krejci before. You look at the great numbers that Hall and Krejci had during their limited time together. I think Boston outscored teams 14-1 to 1 when they are on the ice together during that stretch last season, uh, two years ago, rather. So... The second line, the way that set up isn't really that much of a surprise. I think it all just came down to how they wanted to deploy Zaka. And if you're the Bruins and you've signed Zaka to a one-year deal, you kind of know what you have in him in terms of a guy that can give you 35 points, but maybe you want to see if there's a higher ceiling. Why not kind of learn right off the bat, right? Like throw him kind of into the fire, have him next to another guy in Bergeron. Um, you know, I think Montgomery's set on WEI. Um, it can only help a guy like Zaka to have – uh, you know, steady reps with a guy like Bergeron to kind of learn the Bruin way. I think is what Montgomery said. So, and if it works out great, that's awesome. You got a guy that can, you know, slot in for Marshan for the time being. And if it gets Zaka rolling and comfortable early on, even if you have to move him down the lineup later on in the year when Marshan comes back, you still have a guy that's engaged, that's playing well, that's confident. So uh, in terms of the the initial look, and we'll see how it changes from, what Montgomery says in late August to how it is on the ice in a few weeks. Um, seems like a good way to kind of start, get the ball rolling in terms of the way the lineup's going to shake out. Yeah. I mean, my only, I guess, surprise to it would be Fabian Lysel. That yes. I, again, I, and I get it. He's not going to come out and say like, oh yeah, Fabian Lysel is going to be our starting right winger uh, next to Bergeron. I know that, but there is that party that's like, huh, wonder. Cause again, and there, I don't think they're nixing that opportunity. And by the way, I still think Providence is the way to go with him. I'm not like, I'm not saying that he should be in there, but it is interesting that he kind of was not considered more in that, in that statement. Um, but I do think again, Providence is the move. And I think they want to put him in Providence unless he comes out of training camp and he's just absolutely insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, we've said all along and for a guy like Zaka, why not set him up for success? Like what better way to start off than just here, here's Patrice Bergeron. Enjoy it. Most wingers, most NHL players would kill for that. So enjoy it, uh, so to speak. But uh, as the offseason rolls along, Connor, what can the people look forward to from you over at Boston Sports Journal? Yeah, we are continuing to kind of plug away at the final weeks of the slow portion of the offseason. Um, we'll have some uh, couple of interviews we're excited to share in the next couple of days over at BSJ. We'll have more um, camp preview stuff coming out in the coming weeks as well. So you can find all that stuff over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So please subscribe over at BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky, Book the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>